Um. This is Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on AM560, The Answer. Top of the morning, Dan and Amy and the G20 this weekend. Some of those meetings, I don't know if they're going to happen. Uh, the meeting between President Trump and dictator Putin, for example. Uh, Trump saying he's uh, not yeah. happy with that aggression, the seizure of uh, Ukrainian ships and the detention of Ukrainian sailors and the Ukrainian president uh, declaring martial law and suggesting yeah, it starts today suggesting that uh, there's a possibility of a Russian land invasion into Ukraine hmm yeah I'd set this one up if I were uh, President Trump and then of course all of the matters related to trade and uh, the president's policy of tariffs with respect to China there's a big meeting between President Trump and President Xi and uh, Larry Kudlow yesterday at the White House presser telegraphed what's on the agenda there if there's a deal to be had. Issues of intellectual property theft must be solved. Forced technology transfers must be solved. Significant tariffs and non-tariff barriers must be solved. Uh, issues of ownership uh, have to be solved. The president will probably reiterate his view we want a world, ideally, of um, zero tariffs, zero non-tariff barriers, and zero subsidies. Well, that is a lot to solve over one rubber chicken dinner. For more on uh, these topics and others, we're pleased to be joined by Danny Toma, who is a former Foreign Service officer, and he is the author of, of obviously for the State Department, he's the author of the book America First, Understanding the Trump Doctrine. Danny, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Uh, thank you for having me on. So um, understanding the Trump doctrine, it was uh, initially outlined just to take a global perspective first before we get into specific sure. inter-country uh, relationships. Principled realism, that was the definition of Trump's foreign policy perspective. What does Trump's principled realism translate into for you? Well, what it is, is, is this basically the same policy that um, – our founding fathers left us, which is, you know, insofar as it's possible with us, we're going to def we're going to try to get along with everybody while defending our rights and, and defending our national interest, and that national interest, America first, consists of um, protecting our our citizens' uh, well-being, uh, safety, security, and prosperity, and uh, putting forth doctrines, putting forth uh, policies that uh, that help to to protect those things, and where. Um, an action overseas does not impact upon our, our citizens' safety, security, and, and, and prosperity, then we, stay, we should stay involved and not get involved in uh, abstract things like democracy promotion and, uh, and nation building that don't have um, concrete ends, you know, don't have measurable goals. Well, what do you think? And then President Trump yesterday told the Wall Street Journal that he's possibly thinking about imposing a 10% tariff tax on our iPhones and laptops. Yeah, well, you know, uh, the ideal is free trade, you know, in, in any kind of relationship. That's, that's the ideal. But it's not free trade above all things. And sometimes where uh, we have been involved in um, uh, really one-sided relationships with other countries who've been taking advantage uh, of, 
you know, who, who've been practicing protectionism on their side while we've been uh, practicing free trade on our side, with the result of a loss of American jobs, sometimes retaliatory measures need to be taken, including such things as tariffs, uh, which can hurt in the short term, but over the long term go towards uh, protecting American jobs. With respect to the relationship with uh, Putin and Russia, you know, President Trump's uh, disposition with some of these despots is to try to sort of kill them with kindness, at least publicly. That doesn't seem to be working with Putin uh, per this uh, latest foray into Ukraine. And so how, how would you advise President Trump to deal with or not to deal with Putin after what's happened in Ukraine? Yeah, I, w- I, I would advise him to, to stay the course. Obviously, it's what's, what's going on in Ukraine is, 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 is of great concern. Um, but the thing that we have to we have to pull ourselves away from the mindset that every single conflict in the world is a direct threat to the United States or that we have to have a position on it or have to do something about it. Sure, we can signal our displeasure, but do we want to really put ourselves in a position where American lives and prosperity is at risk over a regional dispute on the opposite side of the world between, you know, two countries that were, you know, uh, 25 years ago, so part of the same, part of the same nation, um, that's something we need to keep an eye on. That's something we need to express concern. Obviously, when the when the rule of law is not upheld, we can we can signal that. But I I would advise him to stay the course because, you know, we have an important relationship there with Russia, whether we like them or not. Um, oh. In my book, America First, I, there's a whole section on, on Russia because I think a lot of times um, with Russia, there's still a lot of leftover from from the Cold War in terms of approaching that relationship on both sides. Yeah, like and the dictator think, in charge. He's a leftover yeah. from the Cold War. Oh, absolutely. Um, and, you know, I'm not saying that we have to uh, make apologies for Putin or that we have to, you know, support him at all costs or anything like that, but we need to address him in terms of those things that affect our national interests. You know, it, it may sound cynical, but when we get involved in areas um, that do not directly affect American interests, you know, there's, there's, there's reactions, there's, there's results that don't necessarily work in our favor. Uh, good example, Iraq. You know, we were involved in a war in, in Afghanistan um, that was a direct result of the attacks upon us. So we were going after al-Qaeda and their Taliban protectors, a righteous cause, and then all of a sudden we get distracted by Iraq and are not able to finish the, the job that we was set out before us in, in Afghanistan where there was a direct threat against our homeland. And got involved even in Afghanistan and things like nation building and democracy promotion and all sorts of other things um, that maybe some of the people over there weren't interested in and were still there uh, 17 years later. Uh, you know, you can go back in our history with World War I, um, the unintended results of, of, of being involved over there, which brought victory to the Allies but led to the growth of Soviet communism, led to World War II, led to the map of the modern Middle East. I cover all this in my book, America First, you know, because these are the results of a policy that doesn't defend our national interest. It doesn't put America first. Well, do you think Putin is doing this to test President Trump before the G20 summit? Um, I think Putin is doing this because Putin's putting Russia first. He sees this as his national interest, whether that's a good idea or a bad idea from the standpoint of Russia. Um, you know, I, I don't really have a position on Obviously, I don't think any nation should be aggressive with its with its neighbors. But I don't think I don't think it's always all about us. Um, 
I think really it's in this in this particular case it's it's about the relationship between Russia and Ukraine, and um, he sees it for whatever reason as in his country's interest to be a little bit more aggressive in that relationship, which is which is regrettable. But the question is, is, is it our concern? We'll go back to Afghanistan. So how does the fact that uh, President Trump has been here in, in office for two years uh, and we still have a presence in Afghanistan? We had three U.S. soldiers killed there this week by an IED. Uh, we uh, have essentially conceded, as far as I can tell, everybody's conceded that we've lost. The Taliban is going to control Afghanistan. Pakistan, we pulled uh, most of the remainders of our uh, remainder of our military aid back in the fall because they haven't done enough to quell Islamic extremists in Pakistan. So what are we doing with uh, military presence uh, and or any type of material support to those two countries? Wouldn't an America first policy say pull out? Well, let, let me let me address the second issue first about Pakistan, which was a step that's long overdue. And, and in my book, America First, I talk a lot about about Pakistan as well, because you know, they they were really playing a double game during much of this uh, the period of the war on terror. Mm-hmm. And President Trump's decision to pull back on aid is a smart thing, because you just don't give money to people who are maybe using it actually against your interests. Um, but in, in, you're right about Afghanistan. Um, the, one thing, uh, the one thing about it is, you know, w- like all policies, you have to deal with the facts are, as they are on the ground. So... We don't want to be in a position, you know, we went into Afghanistan, we, we got involved in things that perhaps we shouldn't have. That's all in the past. We've got to deal with the situation we have, and we want to make sure the goal is to pull out, but we want to make sure we don't pull out and leave a place worse than we left it. Um, and how we go about that is really a, a military decision. I think President Trump is leaving it, leaving it rightly where it belongs on the ground with the military uh, authorities, but... Um, but yes, the long-term goal is to pull out, get out of there, leave Afghanistan to the Afghans. Uh, just a, make a mess of it. Um, just a, as a, a general statement or review on these uh, huge international meetings of heads of state like the G20 this weekend, I mean, there's some, there was some uh, uh, suggestion that there's uh, reason for hope that President Trump and President Xi could reach some kind of tentative accord on trade over the weekend. Um complicated matters at these sort of photo op international meetings does anything really get solved or even moved along at uh events like the g20 summit well i wouldn't say they get solved i've 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 actually worked uh summits in the past and they are more than photo ops there's a there's two things that happen one is there's a lot of of work that goes on behind the scenes, you know, you might say by the by the experts, the technocrats, the, the, the lower level folks. But at the same time, and I think this is particularly crucial with uh, with President Trump, it's an opportunity for leaders to get to know each other. You might say to to talk with their with their hair down, as it were, um, and, and that's crucial because um, President Trump is, you know, he comes from a business background and he's above all a, a deal maker. And I think that um, while we shouldn't be naive and think that. He can go there and you know resolve everything over the weekend. I think that his one-on-one interaction with other world leaders can make an impression and you know can start us down the path to to, to making a deal. He is Danny Tome, a former foreign, foreign service officer, the author of the book America First: Understanding the Trump Doctrine. Danny, thanks for joining us. Good luck with the book. Thank you for having me on. Thank you. And he joined us on our Turnkey Pro Answer Line.